0: A life of tears. Have you searched for life's great hidden meaning? Or is your life filled with long and wasted years? Wasted years, wasted years. Hearken unto me, you that follow after righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are dug, digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone, and I blessed him, and I increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion, he will comfort all of her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I want to talk to those of you today who have some sense in your heart that you want more of Jesus. There are many of you, I believe, that the Holy Spirit has been moving in and prompting you to seek after him to go deeper, you're not satisfied with where you're at. You recognize there is something wrong in your life. It's too shallow. It's too cold. The passion is not there any longer. Or perhaps the passion for Jesus has never been there. I want to speak with you about Jesus. You were chosen to live a holy life. You were chosen to live a holy life. A life set apart for God. By his grace and his mercy, he has chosen you. And he's calling after you. He's calling you out of the wasted years. He's been prompting you. He's been speaking to you in various ways. He keeps piercing through that unconsciousness. And there's something in your heart that's saying, I need to get this right with Jesus. Last night I was praying about this broadcast and as I meditated before the Lord, he began to give me names of people. The first name he gave me was Helen, not a last name, just a first name. And he said to me, Helen is a follower of mine, but she has withdrawn and her heart has grown cold. She knows the sin she's walking in. Call her today. So Helen, at the command of Jesus, I am calling you today to come out of all of the darkness and to follow Jesus. Now I've never met this Helen. He's given me other names. Richard, God is calling you. I don't know who this Richard is. I just know that he is yet in his sin. Linda. Rahim. Art. And he continued to name names. Too many for me to remember. And he said, I am calling them. I am I am desiring that they would come to me and get right with me. Are you one of those today who is hungering for Jesus for more you're you're more dead than alive? He's calling you. He's chosen you to live a holy life. This week we're going to deal with this subject We're going to deal with it out of the 51st chapter of Isaiah and out of a New Testament story found in the book of Luke, chapter 15, the prodigal son. We're going to wed these two passages of scriptures together. Now, the word hearken is an old English word It's composed of two words, to hear, hark, and ken, that denotes the function of the ear and the function of the eye. Hearing and seeing are the two most acute and essential and far-reaching senses with which our bodies are endowed. The word hearken expresses the united concern of the powers of hearing and seeing. And the Lord God of heaven says to us in Isaiah 51, hearken, hearken. He means that with all of our capacity for looking and for listening, are to be focused, undistracted attention, focused upon the information that Jesus wants to give to us. Now, we're constantly influenced by all of the external input from the computer, from the cell phone, from the movies, from the work environment, from friends, But what God wants us to focus on now are the realities of God. And to the extent that we allow the realities of God to enter into our inner spiritual sense, divine truth will grow in our hearts and we will be strengthened and we'll be able to give attention to it. To hearken to God. With our ear listening and our eye looking and our heart longing. This is what God, by the Holy Spirit, wants to do. He wants to awaken our hearts. He wants to awaken our minds. And he wants us to begin to focus and listen to what he wants to say to us. Now, the story is very interesting that we find in Luke, the 15th chapter. In Luke 15, beginning in verse 11, we find a man who had two sons. And I'm going to call both of these sons prodigal sons. The youngest of them insults his father and demands his share of the inheritance. That would be one-third of his father's wealth. His oldest son will receive the birthright, which is two-thirds. The youngest son, one-third. He is given that even before the father dies. That's why it's an insult. And not many days after this, this youngest son gathers everything together and he leaves on a journey. And he lives on his father's money. Sometimes... Wives can be prodigal wives. Sometimes husbands can be prodigal husbands demanding their share of the wealth that's not really their share. But they leave, or a son or a daughter, they leave, and they live not on what they earn, but on what they have taken, what they have stolen. And this young man lives a loose lifestyle. It's party time. It's spend time. He thinks he has plenty of money. He doesn't understand that he will run out of that money. And then what will he do? He is a farmhand. He cannot provide for himself. What will he do? He doesn't even consider that possibility. Now, he wastefully spends all that he has and then comes, as you know it will, a severe famine. It's throughout the country. It affects everyone. And he begins to go without. His friends begin to drop off until he is alone. And he has to find a job. The only job he can find because everyone is searching for a job. One of the citizens of that far country, a pagan, raises pigs. Now, pigs are utterly unclean to this young man. He's never touched a pig before. He's sent to the field to feed the pigs. He's hungry. He doesn't earn enough money to even care for his hunger. He is barely surviving, but he is slowly starving to death because he can't make enough money to pay for his upkeep. The telling note in the scripture in verse 16 is, And no one was giving to him. This young man had a strong sense of entitlement. He thought that people owed him something. He thought his daddy owed him something, and he took his share of the wealth and left and spent it on wild living, and it's all run out, and now he's drained down to nothing. And what's he going to do? Feeding the pigs is not taking care of him. He's starving to death. Now, it's in this place that he begins to come to himself. I hate to say this, but for many, we don't come to our senses until we've had a good, strong diet of pig slop. Now, I wish it weren't so. I wish this young man, as he was living high on the hog, As he was living like a pig. Spending money that he didn't earn. Spending money that was not his. Spending money that he had stolen from his father. Even though his father had given it to him. Not really. He begins to come to himself. And he says, how many of my father's hired servants have an abundance of bread, but I am perishing with hunger. I am starving to death. Having arisen, I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your son Make me as one of your hired servants. Now this young man has come finally to his senses. He recognizes the desperate situation he finds himself in, and the only recourse he knows is to recognize that he needs to go back to his father and make amends. But he also has enough wisdom to recognize that it is against heaven that he has sinned. All true repentance is first recognizing what we have done against the almighty God of heaven. And then secondly, what he has done to his father. Now, in this Isaiah passage, there are three hearkens. The first hearken is to those who are earnestly seek, who need to go home, who recognize they're starving to death. In the fourth verse of Isaiah 51, we find the hearken is spoken for those who have made the decision to begin to enter into the blessing of God. And then in the seventh verse, that hearken is to those who are in the knowledge and conscious possession of the blessing of God in their life. And now, in each of these hearkens, we are going to be given very specific direction regarding what we should do in our given circumstance. The young man has been given instruction by the Holy Spirit to repent and to return to his Father and to be a hired hand to no longer be entitled, but to humble his heart. The famine always comes. The famine always comes. It is God's greatest blessing to mankind. Because when the famine comes, reality sets in. And we begin to see what we have done that has wasted what we have taken. And we begin to understand what it means to repent. We begin to understand what we must do. Now, the first hearken is, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Righteousness, Dicasune really means innocence. Hearken to me, you who want to become innocent, once again you that in your innermost being are beginning to seek after the Lord I pray that's your situation today if you have been far from Jesus if you have been a church of Laodicea member where your heart has grown cold or your heart has grown lukewarm You've been cooled by the world, and now you have dipped into the entertainment of the world. You've dipped into things of darkness. You have lust filling your heart. You sit down and watch the pornography. You perhaps engage in fornication. Maybe you cheat, lie, steal. Maybe you have a heart full of anger and rage and bitterness and judgments against another person. Maybe you're angry at your dad. Maybe you're angry at your father. I know of people who refuse to speak to their parents because they're so angry. I know of brothers and sisters who don't speak. We're coming to Thanksgiving. Would you still hold on to your self-righteousness? Or would you repent? This first admonition is to those who finally are willing to say, Look, I've had a sense of entitlement and I'm wrong, and I have sinned against my God, my Father. Some of you are contemplating leaving your husband or leaving your wife. You have engaged in an affair, or you've just had it, and you're willing to blow it all out. and yet you have an inner sense of a calling of God after your life. Some of you have never really given yourself to Jesus Christ. You've lived your way, and it's caused you to lie down in torment. I want to read that for you. Isaiah 51 is what we're looking at, but let me read the verse before. You know, in the in the original language, there is no chapter division, so we must read these passages in context. Let me read the context for you. Isaiah 50, verse 10, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant, and his servant is Jesus? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. But now, and this is the one to whom I speak today, all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fire and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Precious couple. They're lying down in torment today. They have gone their own way. They have followed their own path. I have spoken to them about Jesus on many occasions. And they dismiss my words quickly and turn to their new age beliefs. And yet they're about to be evicted from their house. And they're going to have to move into a van, an old raggedy van. They called me this morning and they said, Pastor, could you help us with some gas money? We have a doctor's appointment this afternoon, and we have no gas. I immediately said, yes, I'll come this morning. And so before the broadcast, I went to their home. He was unshaven. He looked like he'd been through a war. She was unhappy and sick. I gave them gas money. I told them, I love you. And I left. They have lit their own torches. They have used the light of their own wisdom and their own understanding. And now they're coming to the very end and they're old and they're sick and they're bitter and they're angry and they're about to be evicted. And yet the word of God is not sweet to their ears. God would deliver them. He would give them a job. He would secure their future. but they refuse to hearken unto the Lord and they have gone their own way and their own way has led them to this desperate hour and all I can do is show them the grace and mercy and peace of Jesus in what I do for them. What is your condition today? Have you lit your own torches? Or are you fat and happy living off somebody else's money? Are you fat and happy living off your own money? Or has God been speaking to your heart and calling you out? This first hearken is for that man or that woman. Who desires something different. Who desires to hear the voice of God. To obey the word of his servant. And his word is, follow after innocence. Start doing the right things. Stop doing the wrong things. Begin to repent before God for the hardness of your heart for the rebellion of your spirit, for the self-sufficiency of your life. Repent. You have harmed Almighty God. You've caused the Father pain and anguish in his heart. I was thinking, I was praying this week about Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God Created heaven and earth. As I meditated on those words from the first verse of Genesis 1, a couple things became very clear to me. First, in the beginning there was God. And God created the earth. Therefore, the earth belongs to him. Is that not a logical conclusion? If I create something, does it not belong to me? The earth belongs to the Lord. And I was created. I too belong. I do not have the freedom to go live as an independent person, walking through the earth as I choose to walk, pleasuring myself in whatever way I choose to pleasure myself, following after whatever entertainment happens to catch my eye. I don't have the right to do that. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. So I am owned. You are owned. Now we were stolen away by the devil. But Jesus died on Calvary to pay the atonement price to open the gates of heaven back for us that we could return home to our Father. And so the first step The first step, as the Lord has been prompting us, as the Lord has been trying to reach out and touch our spirit, as he's been calling us, as he's been saying, you were chosen to live a holy life. He's saying, follow after right behavior, innocence, Now, this hearken is to the seeker who needs forgiveness of sin. Or it is for the seeker who is asking that all sin be cleansed from their life, that the old man of sin be utterly removed from them, that they would no longer listen to that. Now, he has two items of instruction about how to go about accomplishing this hearken to our ears. The first, look at what God has already done for you and take courage. isn't one of us if we don't stop the mad rush and begin to meditate on what God has done for us that we would not even the most wicked of you yes even the most wicked of you would find God's grace has been expressed toward you he has spared your life He has worked miracles in your life and in your heart where he has delivered you from impossible situations financially, emotionally, spiritually where he has carried you through and you thought you were going to die. You saw no possibility of survival but God in his rich grace. For It says that even while you were yet sinners, He died for you. Even while you were in total rebellion against God, he loved you. He chose you. He wants you to respond to that choosing with love, and every human being can choose to respond to that love, and only those who choose to respond to the love of God will be made innocent before Him, will be forgiven of your sins. You know, today I look back. I see how God reached down to the bottom of the barrel and he grabbed a hold of my life and he pulled me out of that muck and mire. He says, look unto the rock whence ye are hewn and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Oh, we can all look back and wonder at the mercy of God shown to us. Now you need to understand God wants to reach down and take you by the scruff of the neck and pull you up out of that miry hole, out of that filth, out of that dirt. You know, one of the most awesome things I've ever observed in other people's lives are people's lives who have been a total wreck, they've been dying of drugs, of whatever wickedness they're involved in, in utter poverty of of both money and spirit, having to steal to feed their bodies, to keep themselves alive for their next drug hit or their next drink, their next bottle of, of booze. I've watched as God has taken that addict out of the out of the filth he first draws us out of this satan's pit and then the next step that i've watched him take he has destroyed the work of satan from the very soul of that man or that woman can you see how god has saved you so many times be honest. Helen, Richard, Rahim, Linda, Art. Do you see, all of you out there, do you see how God has reached down in his grace and his mercy and he has drawn you out of those impossible places? He's given you a new job. He's given you an inheritance. He's provided for you With healing in his wings, he saved you. And some of you today are dying. And only Jesus can pull you out of that mire, out of that death. Only Jesus can restore you and lift you up. He's calling after you. He has chosen you to live a holy life. Will you respond to his great kindness? Will you see what he has done for you in the past? And now will you respond to that kindness? To what he's already done for you? Will you listen? And will you seek after him with all of your heart? Can I tell you? Jesus loves you. Now, I love doctrine, and frankly, the title of this broadcast today, You Were Chosen to Live a Holy Life, is the most wonderful doctrinal statement I can give to you. But if that doctrinal statement does does not become more than doctrine, if it does not become something that is woven into your very character, if it does not become your experience of who God is, it will be of absolutely no value to you. Do you remember when you were a kid and they were choosing up the baseball teams? Well, I was raised on a farm. We never played baseball. So, as a young man I went to a camp meeting and all the youth group was getting together and they were going to play baseball. Well, I never played. I didn't even know the rules of baseball. We didn't have a television. I'd never watched a baseball game. Everybody knew it too because before the game we started playing catch. I I'd, I'd not played catch before. I was a worker on a farm with dad, my brothers I was the youngest of three. We'd been tossing the ball back and forth, and I was missing most of them. So they began to choose up the team. I was the last one chosen. Nobody wanted me on their team. I was embarrassed. Have you ever been in that place? where you feel like nobody wants you, that you don't have anything to offer, that it's hopeless. Oh, I can tell you now, this word, hearken unto me. Begin to do what is right. Seek the Lord. Remember the kindness that the Lord has shown you in the past and as you remember his kindness to you, he will draw you out of that place of no value. You will begin to learn how precious you are to Jesus, how much he loves you, that he died for you. Now, the first thing he does is draw us out of that pit. The second thing he does, he takes all the dirt out of us. He washes and cleanses us. He makes us clean. He destroys the work of Satan out of our lives. Now, I know there are lying preachers who say you can never have all the dirt washed out of your life. I can tell you this. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to wash now all of the dirt out of your life. This blood of Jesus does not do a halfway job. It does a total, complete job. It makes you righteous before him. Not in make-believe, imputed righteousness, but imparted righteousness, real righteousness. He makes you into a new person. He takes the drug addict. He takes the drugs out of them. He takes the alcohol. He takes the booze out of a man or a woman. He takes the fornication out of your life. He takes the pornography out of your life. He takes the bitterness and the anger and the hostility out of your life. He gives you a new life. A new life of innocence, even on the inward place of your heart. Now, the second thing he does, Isaiah 51 encourages us under the first hearken to look at the example of those who have received the very grace we seek. Look unto Abraham your father, for I blessed him. Now listen, our fathers and our mothers of the past, Abraham and Sarah and many others, were as sinful by nature and as weak as we are. They too had utterly corrupt hearts. They had difficulties that they had to deal with just as we have. And if God called them and blessed them with perfect love, and then he led them through that valley of blessing, he will do the same thing for you. Now, after presenting in Isaiah 51 these two strong encouragements to the seeker who is following after holiness, who wants to serve the Lord, but he doesn't know how, he's been wicked, he's been sinful before Almighty God, there's a great promise held out. I want to read it for you. This promise is found in the third verse of Isaiah 51. The third verse. Isaiah 51 we find three words waste wilderness and desert that is the summation of the life of any person who does not hearken unto the voice of God but begins to sin against Almighty God and begins to drift with a cooling of their heart toward the Almighty, and they no longer listen. They listen to the TV. They listen to their boss. They listen to their friends. They listen to everything but Jesus. And surely, their life will become a waste, a wilderness, and a desert. Is that your experience today? If so, I want to say to you, please, don't give up. Don't give up. Repent before God for the hardness of your heart. For you have grieved him with your hardness, with your sense of entitlement, with your arrogance. You have grieved the Almighty God. You have stolen from him the credit due him the glory do him in so many ways you're emotionally a waste you're walking in the desert what hope is there for you there are seven words that we are given in this passage in Isaiah 51 verse 3 seven words Comfort, Eden, Garden, Joy, Gladness, Thanksgiving, and Melody. The promise begins at the very point of our deadness but slowly it rises in our heart until every fiber of the heart rises up in great joy in the salvation that you will find in Jesus Christ. Comfort, drawing all of the pain out of your heart. Eden, that place of absolute provision and home and comfort that our mother and father, Adam and Eve, were kicked out of because they chose to rebel against the Almighty God. But Jesus has opened a way back into the Garden of Eden, back into our home. That home is there for you. You can return home if you will listen and hearken unto the voice of God, if you will, with your eyes and with your ears, pay attention to what God is saying to you, if you will repent of your sin, if you will repent of the hardness of your heart and your sense of entitlement, if you will give up demanding from others and you will seek after Jesus with all of your heart, if you will repent these promises are for you garden joy gladness thanksgiving and melody my favorite the holiday of the year is Thanksgiving Day, and we are coming to our annual celebration of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is so important to me because it is the day in which we have time to reflect on what God has done for us, how his grace and his mercy has drawn us out of the muck and the mire, has washed us clean, has taken us out of Satan's pit, where we were dying, where he has destroyed the work of Satan in our lives and he has given us his own life. I love Thanksgiving Day. It is my favorite holiday. It's a time for family. It's a time for friends. It's a time to reflect on the Lord Jesus Christ. What a day of joy and gladness and thanksgiving! What a day of comfort and joy and melody when we will celebrate Thanksgiving in our heavenly home and we will sit at that great table and feast on that wonderful food provided by Jesus. Oh, I'm looking forward to that heavenly table. My father, who's passed many years ago, used to say to me, Raymond, I want you to sit beside me on that great day. We're going to be at the table of the Lord and it will be such a long table we will not be able to see from one end to the other if Jesus doesn't give us eagle eyes. And he said, Jesus himself Is going to serve us, but we'll not be able to keep our eyes off him. For he is all our heart's desire. And I'd say, Daddy, I want to be there beside you. I want to be sitting at that table beside my father. I'd like you to be sitting there with us. But if you're going to sit at that great long table, you're going to have to hearken to the voice of the Lord. You're going to have to give your full attention. You're going to have to give your full attention to repent and to seek the forgiveness of your sins you're going to have to give your full attention to seeking after innocence and right behavior. And you can do that by the indwelling power of Jesus as he digs you out of the muck and the mire, whatever you happen to be in. I don't care what your sin is. There is no sin that cannot be totally forgiven, washed away and removed from your heart by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. such good news to me. I pray Jesus will destroy the work of Satan in your life and he will turn your sorrow into joy. That you will look under the example of Abraham and all of chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. That you will rejoice in what Jesus has done for them and that by faith you will take a stand that you too that you too will follow after him. Well, we're out of time for this broadcast today. We're going to continue Isaiah fifty one tomorrow. I urge you to read the whole chapter. I'd like to hear from you. This week has been very slow. I've not heard from from you this week, anyone. Would you write to me this week? The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I was shocked this week to have our listenership just drop like a rock for Thursday's and Friday's broadcast of last week. I urge you, go back and listen to that broadcast. You need to hear that. Would you go back and listen carefully? You can go to our webpage, nationalperchapel.com, Click on one of the messages, today's message, and you'll find the address for Enrico, uh, who has been desperately injured. You'll find a GoFundMe page. Would you go to that page? Would you help this Christian brother with a family who desperately needs our help? Enrico Perez, go to the GoFundMe. you'll find. Also under Jesus is enough, you'll find that address. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.